10 o'clock on Saturday mornings, only here on your community radio station, WERU. It's just a few seconds before 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 102.9 Bangor and streaming online at WERU.org. Wabanaki Windows with host Donna Loring is up next. Welcome to Wabanaki Windows, a monthly show featuring Wabanaki perspectives and opinions. Interviews with Wabanaki writers, artists, and other Wabanaki people of interest. Today, we're going to be talking about Columbus. But first, I'd like to make a few announcements uh, for upcoming events in our, in our uh, community. Um, you are invited to an evening with Orrin Lyons, author, uh, indigenous leader, ambassador to the United Nations, uh, November 5th at 7 p.m., the University of Maine uh, at Maine, uh, the, at the Donald P. Corbett Building, Room 100. There'll be no admission charge, and there'll be uh, no RSVP as necessary. Uh, the topic of his lecture is going to be Business as Usual is Over, Native Knowledge for Global Sustainability. And for more information, you can call 581-1414. Uh, coming up also... Uh, John Trudell, a native prophet of these times, uh, Saturday, November 21st, will uh, be a film screening at 6 p.m. Uh, at the Community Center of the Penobscot uh, Indian Nation. Legendary Native American poet and activist John Trudell, Santee Sioux, will host a screening of Trudell, the highly acclaimed documentary film about his life and work. John Trudell is an acclaimed poet, national recording artist, actor, and activist, whose international following reflects the universal language of his works, his words, work, and message. Uh, some of his films include Thunderheart, Dreamkeepers, Incident at Oglala, On Deadly Ground, and Smoke Signals. Again, that will be uh, November 21st, 6 p.m. at the Community Center on Indian Island, Penobscot Nation. Our topic for discussion today is going to be Columbus Day, and I know it's past. Uh, the I believe it was on the 11th, but it doesn't mean that just because it's past, it's something that we we're not going to talk about. I think it's a very important topic, um, and one that uh, needs further discussion from a Wabanaki perspective. So I've invited uh, James Francis uh, from the uh, Historic Preservation Office on Indian Island, and Maria Gerard, who is the director of the Cultural Center uh, on Indian Island, Penobscot Nation. So I'm going to ask uh, James to start out first, and uh, tell me what your perspectives are. What do you, what do you think of uh, when we talk about Columbus? Well, thank you, Donna. Um, I think there's, there's a disconnect, you know, for me as a a native person, when, when you start celebrating the discovery of a place and um, with my own cultural history, um, that discovery just it there's, doesn't make sense. Native people have been here since time immemorial, and it's, and it's hard to celebrate a holiday that um, 
touts it as a discovery of, of this land. So there were, there were people already here. Millions That's of people. <laughs> millions. So all of a sudden, this, uh, <coughs> Europe, well, this, this person from Europe comes along and, and says, okay, I've, I've discovered you. How, you know, how do you think that makes uh, people feel, Native people especially feel? Well, there's, there's a uh, threat of invisibility there um, that we don't matter, that our history and us as a distinct people just doesn't matter. That, sure, Columbus came here and there were people here, but they don't matter because he discovered this place. And even the whole idea of the term Indian comes from the fact that he thought he was actually someplace else and not on this large or this continent. I don't think he ever touched the continent, but um, so, you know, even our terminology today kind of points back to his um, misdiscovery. Misdiscovery. I like that. Uh, Maria. Yes. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, um, of course, I agree with James. And I think that, um, you know, this has been a topic that's come up several times in my academic and professional career. And um, I think that we're coming to a time where people are willing to uh, get honest um, with history. History isn't something that you can pick and choose and, uh, you know, just take the good parts out. It's something that we have to deal with, um, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think um, time's coming where we can have these open and honest discussions and consider the um, all the histories and all the stories that go into making our collective history together. So for me, um, personally, Columbus or Columbus Day doesn't really mean a thing because I haven't I haven't accepted that myth um, for myself, but I'm hopeful for um, for a, a time where we can all agree that it's time to um, to get real and and get rid of this myth. Well, I know that uh, when I was going to school, uh, learning about Columbus, he was a very honorable uh, fellow, and. Uh, you know, landed to help out the the native people because you know we were we were aimless and goalless and uh, basically uh, needed taken care of. What do you think, James? Well, what I what I find interesting is that um, this group of people who had you know adapted and survived in this landscape for thousands and thousands of years, all of a sudden needed help. Um, I find that um, quite insulting, and um, you know, to me, it really points to um, kind of the the arrogance of um, these Europeans who came here. Maria, any thought on um, on the arrogance of Columbus? And well, like I said, I I don't. I try not to, to really go down that that path. Um, I think we're all aware of, well, I think most people are aware of, of that history um, and, and that we're ready to accept responsibility for that history. Um, 
what I the the thing that I find most interesting about this history and us claiming Columbus as um, some sort of American icon is that Columbus, when he landed in 1492, he landed in San Salvador, which isn't even on the continent of this United States, yet the United States is embracing Columbus as, um, you know, some sort of American icon. Um, so just those disconnects in history um, I find very interesting. Um, well, I mean, there's also uh, a number of uh, Native writers that have come out and basically said that Columbus uh, committed genocide, wiped out the uh, the Tainos, and uh, started a new type of slavery. My um, son went to um, well, my my son's going to to high school right now, and I'd like to share this story about how you know in the past he was afraid to even let me look at his history books. I'd you know, pick up his things and start looking through them and be interested to see how the Native Americans were uh, reflected in the history books. And he'd say, oh, no, no, Mom, don't, just never mind. And, you know, he'd take his book because he knows I'd get all rowdy. Well, this year he came home, and he's a junior in high school, and um, he came home and uh, said, Mom, we're learning about Columbus this year. Um, or we're, we're learning about Columbus again. And I thought, oh, God, here we go again. And he asked me... Um, what is what is that term again for you know when a lot of people are that a lot of people die a lot of people are killed it begins with a G what's that word again and I looked at him shocked and I said are you talking about genocide he says oh yeah yeah that's it I said so you're learning about Columbus and you're learning about genocide yeah and I thought well there we go so I'm feeling a little bit more hopeful about history these days James any comment. Yeah, um, you know, when, when we, we start to use terms like this, there's, there's often that disconnect again and that people start to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think that, you know, the reason why we're here today and the reason why this, we're talking about this today is to open those lines of dialogue um, that, you know, people understand that from, from a Native perspective that, you know, there's generations and generations of uh, wrongdoing here, and it's and it's not like we can undo the past. But I think this is an excellent opportunity for um, education and to kind of um, start that dialogue and start that conversation. Yeah, and uh, I think that it's it it's something uh, that's long overdue that we should be. Uh, speaking out or speaking what we really think from the you know our our native perspectives and um and i, I guess there's a the book a book that's come out about uh, a while ago i guess lies my teacher told me yeah that's a good book so you know and i think that this uh, the perpetuation of 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 this type of you know discovering america and uh the fact that this person was you know was was honorable and I, I you know that's very arguable from 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 a sp spanish perspective i you know you you might think well yeah but then how do you justify all of that uh, the killings and the the people that was you know taken into slavery and you know they just that's just never talked about and uh, that james lowen book is a really good book um uh, that's the author, James Lowen, Lies My Teacher Told Me. 
And uh, I, I took a course at the University of Maine probably about five or six years back, and the course was based on that book. I can't remember the exact title of the class. It was something like uh, uh, Lies and Heroification and talked about how uh, American history has a tendency to over-heroify people and to candy-coat history. And uh, it was an online course, so we never got to meet uh, our fellow classmates, but we were oftentimes uh, responding to their posts and having online conversations. And um, the the book doesn't just talk about Columbus. It talks about a, a lot of different things, but, um, you know, Thanksgiving and, and uh, Redskins and things of, of that sort. And uh, the people who were in the course, you know, people 20s, 30s, and 40-year-old, they were shocked, um, and some of them were downright angry that they had been lied to. They really had no idea about this history. And um, I wasn't shocked, um, but I couldn't remember when I learned this particular history because then I remember growing up and attending the school on Indian Island and you know dressing up and. Um, construction paper headdresses for Thanksgiving pageants or whatever that they would do, you know, and now I look back at it and think, oh, my God, that's just so humiliating. I can't believe that they had us do that in, you know, an Indian school. Yeah, in, uh, yeah. But I don't, I can't remember how or when I've, I learned the difference, but it's been, you know, quite some time, but there's a lot of adults now that um, are angry for being lied to for all those years. Right. You know, what I find interesting is how the federal government, how this is a national holiday. And some argue that he didn't even discover, you know, to even use the term discover, but that it wasn't even America that he came to. Um, and now we celebrate this as as a, as a day. Um on Indian Island this year, we actually had a celebration called Indigenous Peoples Day, which um, really focused on us as a community and celebrating some forward progress that we have made in our community. So I, you know, to have it as a national holiday is, it's a continuation of that slap in the face. There's, um, you know, very few holidays that we take on a national level. And this is one that should just be removed. Yeah, didn't weren't you asking me earlier, uh, James, if there was another holiday named after a person, another national holiday? I can't think of any. Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King Day. Okay. Uh, but you know, the, just the very fact that Columbus Day is a national holiday, uh, with all that we have uh, found out about what he did at, at, on, the, on the, those Caribbean islands and uh, the, the start of, uh, of a new, I keep saying a new kind of slavery, uh, where he started the, the, the slavery trade from Africa to uh, the, this hemisphere. Um, you know, why, why are we celebrating that as a nation? I, you know, I, I just think that the more, the more we talk about something like this, uh, the more light we bring to the subject, and, and then we can possibly go on to, uh, to look at other things under the same microscope. Any more thoughts on, uh, on this Columbus Day or 
Well, you know, I find it interesting that um, we have um, some place names here in this country which kind of uh, honor this this person, this Christopher Columbus, and uh, places like Columbia, South Carolina, and Columbus, Ohio, but also our national capital, the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C. And what I find interesting on is that Washington, D.C. also has another level of kind of dishonor to Native people, and that's with their national football team, the Redskins. Um, the term Redskin historically was a uh, term used for people who came in with, uh, during the fur trade, they would have their, their deer furs and deer skins and their beaver pelts and in addition to that, when there were scalp proclamations on native heads, that you could bring in these scalps and get money for them, and those were considered the redskins. And so there's another whole level of kind of dehumanizing and oppression that still remains today. And it's very telling that it's at the national capital. Right, so that's you can kind of connect that, I guess, with... With the Columbus discovering America, you know, looking at the the people that were already inhabiting this this uh, continent as being less than human, and uh, and basically capturing them and and taking them off to Europe and uh, then using them uh, to to look for gold and uh, lopping off their arms and uh, just just treating them as animals less than human. Uh, so I, I guess right now we can open the lines for, uh, for phone calls, and the number is uh, 1-866-625-9378. Um, that's 1-866-625-9378, and we're open for your calls. I think it's important to note that um, we're open to questions, on on this this matter but also comments that if uh you feel strongly about this issue on either side of the coin um that we certainly welcome um those views yeah absolutely uh, can i have your name please a caller this is gray from hancock yeah uh, comment. I, i'm so glad to hear this subject discussed um I've been reading uh, the news weekly newspaper Indian Country today for some years. All right. <laughs> and there's been a, 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 a editorial there by um, many times by a man named Stephen Newcomb. Yes. Who yeah. uh, has been uh, talking about the uh, doctrine of Christian discovery, right? Which is behind all of this stuff, and it's um, it's it's very interesting how how the uh, Basically, uh, what what Columbus did in in uh, in Hispaniola there was he was worse than Saddam. I mean, you know, we talk about cutting people's limbs off and and stuff, and yet here we celebrate this butcher because of other things that he did allegedly. Um, it, it, it's a very strange thing, and I I think this myth kind of was was solidified. At the Columbian ex, uh, Exposition time, and I think it had a lot to do with uh, Italian 
American politics. They needed to be pleased, and this whole Columbus Day thing was cementing the, the, the new icon. You know, this was no longer Turtle Island. This was now Columbia mm. or America, whatever. You know, the discoverer was going to give it its character. And it's, it's, uh, I'm really glad to hear that myth breaking down. And um, we, need, we need to have a change in direction no more, not apologies. Maybe apologies are a first start, but uh, we need a change in direction on attitude. People in this country, you can't just plunder the rest of the world and plunder the earth and the sky, pollute the sky. You know, we really have to uh, to change the attitude, and this is a good place to start. And I really thank you for having this on the air. Okay, well, thank you for your call. Any comments? When uh, Gray mentioned um, the plundering of the earth, um, something that connected for me is when you, you talked about how we make people less than human um, through the, the mascot issue, um, that when we do that, it's, that's justifying the violence against them because we're making them less than human. And uh, we see this played out, um, you know, even in modernity, um, as Gray mentioned, the plundering of the rest of the earth. Um, you know, that's that's uh, an easy way to do it, to uh, dehumanize the people that we're attacking. And I think that to um, start accepting people on human levels again and start um, changing our attitudes and our way of thinking, that, uh, you know, that's the first step in having a more peaceful world. James? Yeah, I think, I think that uh, hits the nail right on the head because if you you know, consider the people that are here as not people, then you're free to do what you want. It, but if you actually consider Native people as people, then it's not terra nullis. And so you have to kind of deal with these people who are obviously people as people. So that whole dehumanizing concept, you know, starts with Columbus. You know, you can't take over a land um, and still call yourself good Christian without having that conscious with you. Mm-hmm. There's a caller on the line. Caller, could I have your name, please? Yeah, this is Frank in Lemoyne. Frank, yeah. Do you have a comment, a question? Yeah. First chapter of uh, Howard Zen's A People History of the United States, 1492 to present. I like that the headline says Columbus and the Indians human progress, which is kind of uh, irony there. I'm not, this is a quote from Columbus. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it, it kind of goes on how when he came to the Bahamas and the Arawak Indians brought him gifts. But the last paragraph kind of sums it up. They had no iron. Their spears are made of cane. They would make fine servants. With fifty men, we could subject them all and make them do whatever we want. That's a quote from Columbus when he you know, first landed in the Bahamas and the Caribbean and found the Arawak Indians. You know, how, how friendly they were, and they were exchanging gifts, and how well-built they were, and, you know, and so forth, and how peaceful they were, and then was their, right. their so, motive. Right, so none of that mattered. They were just there for, for other things. Taking, yeah, and I appreciate this program a lot. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent point, because in lieu of you know, the resources, the gold and the metal 
and everything else, you know, Columbus has to turn and actually look at the people as a resource. How can we kind of take advantage of this, this situation? And, you know, they didn't find gold, they didn't find anything. You know, the in, interesting thing about if you really get into who Columbus was as a person, there was a, a cultural geographer named Kyle Sauer out of Berkeley. Um, and he wrote a book called uh, The Spanish Main, and he talks about Columbus and how Columbus didn't want to hear that he hadn't discovered the Indies and that he wouldn't press further west, that he was adamant that he had found what he was expecting to find. And that kind of attitude kind of even perpetuates further because um, this continent's in their way. You know, they, they end up bumping into this place they weren't expecting. And so the history of Maine is riddled with these stories of these explorers kind of darting up and down rivers looking for a way around this continent. And this country in 1802 sends Lewis and Clark to do the same thing. They're looking for a way through or around this continent. And it never really gets solved until the, the Panama Canal. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, this whole quote-unquote discovery is um, sets up this wave after wave after wave of oppression for indigenous peoples uh, on this um, on this land. Yeah, uh, Maria, did you have a comment? Um, I was just scribbling some notes when uh, Frank called, and um, I, I just find it very ironic when um, we look at the way that natives were perceived based on uh, a European lens and they missed so much of what the Native Americans were about, uh, communal living, living harmoniously, sustainability, um, and uh, abundant resources that were respected. And I find it very ironic that in this day and age, this is what we're focused on now. We're realizing that we have plundered the earth, we are in trouble, and we're looking for ways to, to live communally and harmoniously and sustainably. And uh, gosh, wouldn't it have been nice if they had noticed that? Uh, mm. So I wonder so if the circle is complete ago. yet. Huh? I think uh, we're getting there. Uh, caller, uh, could I have your name, please? Watton from Penobscot. Oh, thank you for calling. You have a comment or question? I just really appreciate your show, and I wanted to say that uh, my people are Ojibwas from Wisconsin, and I remember... You know, I got the typical Christopher Columbus story in in history in high school, and I remember being at a rally in Wisconsin, and some Native people saying, "You know, this is all lies." This is you know, right after the Vietnam War in the '70s, and I knew that they were right, but because I had been indoctrinated to those history books, I was questioning what they were saying, and like my kids. Like one of your guests said, I've, I have three kids that have been through high school, and a couple mm -hmm. still in, but they've all had courses, and, and Howard Zinn's book that your last caller mentioned, was, you know, they, they, they read passages of that, and I mean, progress is slow, but it's great to see that, that the reality and the truth is coming out. And it seemed, I was wondering what you guys thought about, you know, what if they made Columbus Day a national day of mourning for Native Americans that have been through genocide and discrimination for a long time. I, well, I wonder if we'll get to that point. 
Yeah. I think we'll be talking about that a little a little later. Okay. We'll talk about what should come out, you know, instead of Columbus Day. We will talk about that. I always think a day of mourning. Um, a lot of us do that already. Um, I try to think of a, a more positive side of that. Maybe we could have a more hopeful day of truth rather than a day of mourning. I think it's just getting people to realize that, you know, if you say that the United States has acted like an imperial government, like Europe has, which we have, and even today, like, as we're talking, something like 200,000 farmers in India have committed suicide, and a lot of them have drank poisons from Monsanto uh, that they got the genetic seeds and the pesticides, and their land has been destroyed, their topsoil, by the use of this stuff. But it was our government that was involved in you know, selling that to them. And I think, I think Native people around the world get abused. And I think there has to be some level of awareness of, on a national level that that happened and accepting that and somehow, I don't know. What the yeah, I, I, yeah, I think there needs to be some truth and reconciliation happening here nationally. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you again. So, yeah, thank you for calling. Uh, caller, can I have your name, please? Yes, uh, this is Larry calling from Monroe. Larry, do you have a comment or a question? Um, well, I have a quote that I thought you might find interesting. Okay. Uh, this is from Desmond Tutu, and he's African, and he's talking about Africa, but I think it might be relevant for the U.S., uh, for this country as well. He said, when missionaries came to Africa, they had the Bible, and we, the natives, had the land. And then they said, let us pray, and we dutifully shut our eyes. When we open them, why, now they had the land and we had the Bible. I love that quote. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank uh, you. And then I just had a comment, which I think you're talking about uh, uh, directing the conversation later in the hour towards, which is if we don't uh, like the idea of Columbus Day, and I don't like the idea of calling it that, uh, what can we offer instead that would be a better way to uh, observe uh, the role of Native people in this in this country. So I hope to hear more about that from your conversation later on. Yeah, we, Thanks. We will. Thank you. So, what do you guys think? Any comments on the past two callers, or any more thoughts? Or? Well, I'm I'm thrilled to to hear so many positive comments. I really am. Um, like I said, I think that um, we're ready as a people. Um, for some honest dialogue and some honesty, um, so it's it uh, makes me feel good to get those calls. Yeah, James. Well, I'm you know I I listen I listen to a lot of radio on the internet and and um, part of what I listen to is a lot of um, comedy often, and we have a um, you know national baseball team that is. Um, the Cleveland Indians. And as a Penobscot, we're closely tied to that. And there was a, a well-known comedian who uh, is on a, um, well, Drew Carey, who was from Cleveland. And I heard a joke that he talked about that he was offended that Native Americans wanted to change the Chief Wahoo logo. But he said that if we want any rights as Native Americans, then we should have fought harder. Which, um, yeah. well, that's I, that's funny. 
Well, yeah, it, yeah, and it is not funny. Is yeah. and my point is that you know there's an awful lot of people who think that way, and um, I'm sure there's quite a few people listening to this show who um, have the who have those types of opinions, um, who aren't expressing them currently. Right. Um, so, I think that we as a people need to, as a collective people, need to come to the table and you know, really talk some of these issues out. And so I'm very honored to be a part of this forum. Thank you. Um, caller? Oh, hi. Uh, David, I'm calling from Brooklyn. Um, okay. I just, uh, I've been listening to uh, us listeners call in in uh, wholehearted support of what you're saying, and I would like to add mine along with the... Um, the observation that uh, it's going to be a uh, a long time, to put it nicely, before uh, the powers that are controlling this uh, thing we call a country are willing to grant us any ground at all, uh, no matter how much we beg them. And um, I'm I'm just giving you you folks. Uh, you know, friendly notice that, uh, you know, you might see the time in the near future when a lot of us from this white world want to come on over to your side. And I don't even know if Indian Island's big enough to hold us all. <laughs> we have uh, other islands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's, it's the, the Native people have the, 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 the definite... Uh, advantage of uh, being able to uh, legally call themselves not a part of this country. And um, I, I would wish that there were a way in, uh, in legalese uh, uh, land where uh, people who are uh, not native by blood might be able to be adopted into the native uh, country in order to uh, uh, so to speak, uh, grow uh, uh, our underground connections uh, with what is real in America and uh, 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 be able to gain even greater immunity uh, toward what is a lie and uh, uh, total hoax. Yeah. Well, so well, we're, we're coming. Thanks a lot. Yeah, okay, well, thank you. Uh, caller, could I have your name and, and where you're from? Uh, yeah, this is Beattie in Camden, and um, I, I have this question about uh, Columbus Day. I, I came in late, so I don't know whether you uh, talked about it or not. But um, in in Latin America, and also I think partly in Hispanic North America, uh, Columbus Day is called Dia de la Raza, Day of the Race. And I've never completely understood whether it's just the same kind of Columbus Day where you're they're sort of saying, you know, we're the people, we're the race, we're the ones that, that win, or whether it meant something more benign. It didn't sound very good, and I whether well, you thought yeah, about I've, that. I've never heard that terminology before. I don't. Oh, it's, it's that's what, Dia de la Raza, Day of the Race. Huh, it's interesting. And it means, it doesn't mean racing to win, it means the, you know, the racial race. Racial race. The people. Huh. And it's... it means Hispanics, I believe. But it ha I, t 
to me, it has the same kind of colonial ring, but I'm not sure. I never asked anybody. Yeah. It seems so, but I haven't heard of that term either. That's interesting. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll, I'll have to check that out. That, that yeah, really it would be worth finding out yeah. what it means, because yeah. it may mean the same thing, which is discouraging. Perhaps it doesn't. Mm. Yeah, true. Okay. All right, thank you. Uh, caller, you have your name and a comment or question? Bruce from St. Albans. Uh-huh. Uh, my wife and I went to a powwow last, uh, two years ago, and uh, we really appreciate or, or realize what, you know, Columbus and Native, you know, Americans, you know, who they are, and really appreciate it. But we were highly insulted. Maybe you guys can explain to me. Well, we're insulted at some powwows, too, so go ahead. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah I'm ahead. not aware of that. And I think what the ignorance of us people, I think you people should be, you know, um, coming out with with more information about what we are doing wrong. Because we were highly, we didn't know about the cameras and photographs. You, oh, you, do, yes. do you know what I'm speaking of? Yeah, yeah. Are you All right, but nobody else is aware of this. Huh. What, that we was, we didn't know we were offending people. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, that's a... We were highly offended. We were yeah, right. told that we were to yeah. destroy those pictures and the negatives. Yeah. Well, that's... Usually in those situations, they tell you before. No, they didn't at this so, powwow. It was communications our very first one. Uh, gap there. Uh, yeah, and I understand. Well, that's an important one that should be taken care of, yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. A lot of these powwows aren't even organized by Native people, though. That's one thing to to point out, so uh, don't blame us, <laughs> necessarily. We weren't aware of that. Yeah. So we didn't go yeah. again. Yeah. You know, this year we didn't attend it. There's a number of powwows. You know, I think we're just being misinformed because, you know, I can, you, you know, something has to be changed. Yes, you're right. You're right. And, th- and that's what we're doing here is, you know, we are really trying to be those... Um, very proactive in providing that information for people. Um, well, I, uh, we we didn't get it. You know, we we went there, and, and you know, like you say, these powwows may be a more of a commercial event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we weren't aware of that. You know, yeah. we were highly insulted, and we still love you, people. <laughs> well, thank you. All right, <laughs> uh, caller, have your name and uh, where are you from? Hi, my name's Jamila. I'm calling from Waldo. Mm-hmm. And I uh, apologize if this question's already been addressed because I came in late on this show. But I was just wondering, because I don't have kids in public schools, and I know what lies I was indoctrinated with in public schools many years ago regarding Columbus and the, quote, discovery of America. And I'm wondering if the history books today that are used in the public schools are any better. I know they're certainly, as far as I know, not using Howard's in people's history, which is what they ought to be using. But I wonder if anybody's addressed this, and if not, uh, I think it's something folks ought to be doing, getting well, into school board yeah. meetings and all that. Yeah, Maria has a comment. I'll let her answer okay. your question. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think that, that it is improving. Um, like I, I said earlier in the show, and I don't know if you heard, I was talking about my son coming home with his history books and how ever since he was you know, in fourth grade, he just would hide his history books from me because I'd flip through them and always have a comment or go to the school or whatever. So I horrified him enough that he would hide his history books from from me. But um, I think now that they're using a variety of resources, and I did hear of um, some schools, and I can't remember specifically 
which ones that are using Howard Zinn. There's actually a um, young people's version of a people's history of the United States, and it's called a young people's history of the United States that uh, is offered for uh, the, the younger, probably high school, junior high school students. So I do know that that is being used and that they are using a number of um, resources and not relying solely on one textbook anymore. So that's, that's always a good to get, uh, to get a number of perspectives. So that is improving. Do you have any comment on that, James? Well, yeah, I think that uh, with the, the new Wabanaki Studies Law in the state of Maine, where um, Maine schools are required to teach Maine Native American Studies as part of the curriculum, um, the emphasis on that um, was to ensure that the Native groups of Maine actually had a voice in what was being um, you know, taught in the classroom. And so I think with that as part of um, the kind of this new road that we're paving, especially here in Maine on, on Native American studies, I think um, a lot of these issues are being attended to um, on a school-by-school basis, on a class-by-class basis. But as we venture down this road, I, I see a lot of uh, brighter future for the understanding and the respect of Native people in, in the state of Maine. Okay. Good. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Uh, caller, could I have your name and where are you from? Hi, I'm Chris and I'm calling from Hancock. Um, I also appreciate the fact that you're uh, doing this show, um, not only specifically to Columbus, but to the whole um, imperialist attitude that founded this nation and, and couldn't persist to this day in the way that the more, quote, developed, unquote, nations uh, treat other parts of the world and the resources that are there. But I just did want to make a small comment to the person who called two people before me who was kind of offended that he hadn't known in advance that he shouldn't take pictures at a gathering. Um, I would have to say about maybe a year ago I was in a museum and I took a picture because I saw a painting that was beautiful and I thought it would be really nice to have it pop up on my screensaver from time to time. And the guard came over and, oh, you can't do this. And, you know, he was emphatic and everything. And of course, it made me feel like I was about an inch tall. <clears throat> and um, But what's happened for me since then is that every time I go into a museum, I ask the guard in each room, what are the, what, what are the, what are the rules here? Can I take pictures in this room? I didn't stop going to museums. I didn't get angry at the people who told me that I wasn't observing the rules. I started asking what the rules were whenever I went to a place. And that might be a, a good approach for the guy who kind of enjoyed his, or was interested in enjoying his experience at a powwow, but then was kind of turned off by it. That might be a, a different approach he could take to something like that again. Right. That's all I have to say. Very good. Excellent suggestion. Uh, caller, could you give, give us your name and where you're from? Good morning. It's Sydney from Dover Foscroft. Yes. I was wondering if we could get oh, not too far into uh, the role of the church in this uh, conquest, too. It was interesting, uh, uh, if you can look up uh, Bishop Landa's uh, diaries, uh, Bishop Diego Landa came in with the conquest, and uh, one of the chiefs, I can't remember which nation it was, sent his son to be instructed in Christianity, and uh, Landa puts in his diary, so I took the little slave and <laughs> made him his slave. Um, the call that was uh, called about the um, the powwows. Um, if you're used to going to urban powwows where where the the rules are just looser, I mean uh, pictures are allowed. And you, but if you go to rural powwows, a lot of them are you know have have very 
distinct rules about you know going in the circle and which end to go in and all that kind of stuff. And it it, ju- it just depends on who organizes it. Yeah, that's that's right. Thank you. Correct. Thank you for calling. Um, caller, <laughs> could you give us your name and where you're from, please? Yeah. Hey, my name is Sam. I'm from Appleton, Maine. Yeah, I would like to make a comment about uh, uh, how that uh, America is uh, portrayed as being discovered by Columbus. Uh, first of all, if we are to believe that is what education is telling our children, then we have to go on and question because this is a false at first of all, okay? Because our people have inhabited this Turtle Island for eons, and in our belief it's for thousands upon thousands of years, even as long as the stars have been in the sky. So we have to question if if our America is still willing to portray that Columbus has discovered America, we still have to ask the question, why are they going to the moon? Is that a falsehood, or are those falsehoods at the same time? See, so all of this, to me, you know, just the very fact that this discussion is being said really has to, all the truth has to really come out. And that's where I stand on that. Absolutely, and I agree 100%. So thank you for calling. Uh, caller, your name and where are you from? Hi, my name is Kate, and I'm calling from Brooklyn. Um, my husband and I are new to the area, and I just, first of all, I'd like to say how much we really, really are enjoying this radio station. And um, But for myself today, working around the house and listening to this program, I feel like this um, this awareness getting out about Columbus is so important, and I'm really grateful that you're doing it and having this conversation today. Um, my comment was that I had the privilege of teaching fifth grade for a while, and I taught in a parochial school where the textbooks were a little older than they probably should have been, and but not by much. And um, as other callers have said, um, the textbooks really pretty much still leave out the fact that when um, the Norsemen and Columbus and everyone arrived on this continent, that it was a wilderness, uninhabited wilderness. And um, my, my approach to that was um, just through questioning and getting the students to converse about Native Americans and, and where did they live. And, and it's children are, um, they love a hero. So they're willing to buy into a Columbus story. But even more than loving a hero, children have, uh, particularly at that 9, 10-year age, um, they have a powerful sense of justice and what's fair. And I was really very moved by how quickly they realized that it wasn't an uninhabited land, and that the things that were done to them, and then in subsequent lessons when we talked about the Civil War, and uh, I made a point of reading to them um, some firsthand accounts of the Trails of Tears, um, children are really, it's really easy to get them up to speed on what the truth is, and they latch onto it very quickly. So programs like yours and um, conversations in schools can really make a difference, and I would love someday to see the Columbus Day holiday overturned. I think it would be um, a great thing. It would be a great step forward. So, again, that's all I have to say. All right. Well, thank you and for calling. Thanks again for, for a great program and a great station. Great. Thank you.
Uh, caller, if you could, oh, okay. Um, James, do you have any comment on any of the? No, I think I think that it's it's very refreshing actually to hear a lot of these positive comments that uh, that are coming in. That, um, you know, we're we're coming to a place in our society that um, we are starting to be a lot more accepting. And, it, and it's an acceptance beyond what Maria brought up earlier in that, you know, in, in the more recent past, people were accepting of Native cultures because we were kind of green, that we we're environmental or ecological. Um, but today, people are really starting to um, honor Native cultures on uh, those Native cultures' own merits and not just the pretty things, the baskets and the beads and the you know, bones, um, that they're starting to honor us as a distinct uh, culture. So that's very refreshing. Maria? Uh, I agree. First, I, I do want to say thank you to Kate from Brooklyn for doing your part as an educator to um, help the children learn the truth. And I, I feel positive. Um, you know, I said all along that I think that we're ready uh, to learn the truth and we're ready to move forward. And... Um, and I totally forgot my line of thought. <laughs> okay. uh, caller, could I have your name and where you're from, please? Bruce, again, from St. Albans. Uh -huh. Okay, I was informed at the powwow, the commercial one now that I have been educated, which I won't intend again, okay. but I, I was informed about no taking the pictures at the opening ceremony. It was after that situation where I was told by the, the fire... Lord, to destroy the pictures that I had been taken. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were both heartbroken. Yeah. We had to leave. Yeah. But again, maybe it's the commercialism that was an yeah. improper place for us to appreciate your culture. Right. He was yeah. called a fire lord. <laughs> um, uh, yes. I don't uh, think that that, that was, was a tribal powwow. <laughs> yeah, I highly doubt that that was yeah. a tribal powwow. You're not powwow. making me feel any better. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it's all part of the sorry. learning process. Please, please direct us to the proper location so we can appreciate your people and your culture. Yes. Please um, inform us more. Oh, oh, we we will. We will. Okay. That's what the show is about. Thank you for calling. Uh, caller? Hey, this is Jim from Burnham. And, uh, Could you speak up a little? Yeah, this is Jim from Burnham. Yes. And it could be wrong. I think I'm going to speak the voice of mainstream America Okay. in that uh, Columbus Day is not so much about Columbus. It's about a three-day weekend in October. Yeah. And I think if you wanted to get rid of Columbus, you could, but don't get rid of the three-day weekend in October. Okay. Uh, I don't think anybody's really celebrating Columbus. Uh, but I'm actually on your side, and I, I, you know, I do not like the fact that we are... Uh, you know, bringing this man's name up as, as somebody we should be looking up to. I mean, he did what he did, but uh, there's other people that did better things. Absolutely. Mm, so that's all I had to say. So. Right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that argument before that uh, Columbus Day is more about the uh, a shopping opportunity uh, in, in the fall, that it's, um, you know, a lot of these holidays that we celebrate in this country um, are around, um, you know, commercialism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Do you have a comment, Maria? No. 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 Okay. Uh, caller, your name and where are you from? 
Hi, Jay from Sedgwick. I know you're just about out of time, so I just want to uh, recommend a book here okay. by uh, Charles C. Mann, and it's called 1491. I have that. Okay. As All right. Do, as do I. Yeah. Well, having having gotten stuck in Columbus Day traffic in New York City last week, it it brought the whole topic to the to the forefront. So I hope your listeners might uh, check out this this very good book. Thank you for your program. I think Rhonda Fry would be very proud of you mm. guys. Thank, Thank you. Excited. Thank you for calling. Uh, we're going to have time for just a closing comments. I think uh, from uh, James and, and Maria on the subject. Well, you know, I am just uh, optimistic. Um, I am uh, impressed with the uh, callers today and um, I'm just hopeful. And um, I appreciate the, the two of you here today and um, the staff here at the radio station for giving us this opportunity. Okay. Maria? I would close with saying the truth will set you free. Um, let's identify our common grounds. We're all human beings and treat each other as such. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to make a, a short comment, and then there's a poem I would like to read if I have time. Okay. Uh, my comment is I, I think that uh, I'm very, very encouraged from the response of uh, people today, and it, you know, it tells me that you know, the mustard seed has been planted and, and something is starting to grow, and, that, and that's a great thing. Um, and I think that... Uh, for people to realize that uh, Columbus Day uh, is for what it is and that uh, we should be uh, recognizing uh, uh, Native people and uh, recognizing our history and, and looking at the, the nation's history as a whole. Uh, but I would like to, uh, to read, this, read this poem. It's uh, called Columbus Day by Jimmy Durham, and it's in a book called Rethinking Columbus, and uh, Durham is of Cherokee heritage and an artist, poet, and native rights activist. Uh, Columbus Day is from a book of defiant poems by the same name. And I'll read it right now. In school, I was taught the names Columbus, Cortez, and Pizarro, and a dozen other filthy murderers, a bloodline all the way to General Miles, Daniel Boone, and General Eisenhower. No one mentioned the names of even a few of the victims. But don't you remember Chask, whose spine was crushed so quickly by Mr. Pizarro's boot? What words did he cry into the dust? What was the familiar name of that young girl who danced so gracefully that everyone in the village sang with her before Cortez's sword hacked off her arms as she protested the burning of her sweetheart? That young man's name was Many Deeds, and he had been a leader of a band of fighters called the Red Stick Hummingbirds, who slowed the march of Cortez's army with only a few spears and stones, which now lay still in the mountains and remember. Green Rock Woman was the name of that old lady who walked upright and spat in Columbus's face. We must remember that and remember Laughing Otter, the Taino who tried to stop Columbus and was taken away as a slave. We never saw him again. In school, I learned of heroic discoveries made by liars and crooks. The courage of millions of sweet and true people was not commemorated. Let us then declare a holiday for ourselves 
and make a parade that begins with Columbus's victims and continues even to our grandchildren who will be named in their honor. Because isn't it true that even the summer grass here in this land whispers those names and every creek has accepted the responsibility of singing those names and nothing can stop the wind from howling those names around the corners of the school. Why else would the birds sing so much sweeter here than in other lands? Thank you, and I look forward to, see, to talking with you again uh, next month, uh, November 17th. Uh, and uh, this is WERU, and you can, re you can reach me if you have comments at WERU.org in care of Wabanaki Windows. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again. And I thank the uh, radio staff, my, my, my guests, James Francis, uh, Maria Gerard, and uh, Amy Brown, who is engineering the program. So thank you and talk to you again next month.